Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Craig Gottwalls, Craig the Healthcare Guru, joins us. He's an attorney law benefit consultant, and Benefit Revolution is his website. Uh, also a longtime friend of the show, my former uh, mountain bike riding buddy until my joints got weak. And I don't mean I started buying substandard pot. <laughs> I mean, I just got old. Uh, Craig, hey, how are you, sir? I'm well, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, terrific. As usual, you've sent us a fair amount of very interesting information. Do you mind if we start with... The big budget lie that is uh, government medical programs, I find this so interesting. Ah, yes, yes. This this lie has been going on in one iteration or another since the 1990s, this particular lie. And it's it's the number one way that uh, big state politicians get their favorite programs through. So whether we're talking about Obamacare or the latest CARES Act, the way that politicians push these things through Congress is to say, well, this this law, you know, this law is going to help so many millions of Americans and it's only going to cost only I get something under a trillion or maybe one point three trillion or, or or some number that they find is palatable by the general public at the time. Right. So this was done uh, most famously with Obamacare in 2009 when they said, well, we're, Obamacare is only going to cost $0.9 trillion. It's got $900 billion. And, and part of the reason it was going to cost that small of an amount, I know it makes me choke to say that small of an amount, was to say written into Obamacare was a provision that they were going to cut Medicare, the reimbursements to doctors and hospitals, by 2% per year for like a 10-year period. Okay. Wow. So wow. When, this, when, the, when the accountants, when the CBO gets to that, of course, they're just accountants. They have to look at it and, and say, well, okay, if they are going to cut what we pay Medicare by 2% per year and add all these other things to cover Obamacare, then yes, Obamacare is going to cost $950 billion. So let me jump in but here, Craig, just to make yeah, sure that everybody yeah. understands. It's as if I said to Judy, honey, I'm going to go buy a brand new loaded F-150. Here's the car payment, but starting next year, I'm going to cut the car payment by $20 a month. Every month, I'm going to pay less than the car payment, as if I have the power to do that. But I never yeah, intend or, to or, do that. Or maybe say, starting next year, that's okay, honey, because our car budget's going to be fine, because what we're going to pay for insurance is going to be cut by $50 a month. Right. And then, of course, when the next year comes around, insurance costs actually go up and you don't cut what you're going to pay for insurance, $50 a month. So your entire budget just explodes. So has Congress ever actually cut the payments to doctors through Medicare? No. The very latest one uh, that was just in the news in the last few weeks was, um, again, another another 2 percent cut to Medicare. This one dating back to the Budget Control Act of 2011. And this, again, was supposed to be 2 percent per year. Now, remember, for your listeners, I I repeat this every time, but I got to say it. Medicare pays less than half of what an employer plan pays to hospitals when you go in to have work done. So Medicare reimburses so little already that if we really were to cut Medicare, you would have a mutiny on your hands because hospitals would just throw their hands up in the air and say, we're not treating seniors anymore. And of course, seniors vote and that wouldn't be good for reelection. So there never really will be a cut to Medicare, but they use this trick to budget their laws. So we've had this 2% cut on the books going back to 2011. 
And just last month, uh, Congress voted again. This is bipartisan malfeasance, 384 to 38 to say, well, we're not going to go ahead and put that cut in now because right now we're in a national pandemic. It it wouldn't be proper. And so we've got to pay for the CARES Act. And so we're not going to do that. So once again, we're bamboozled. We're lied to. We're cheated. That's incredible. It's yeah, absolutely and, and, incredible. Overwhelmingly bipartisan support to uh, to to say, nah, nah, the cuts that uh, that were mandated, in, nah, we'll skip them this year and next yeah, and year. They and they do year that every that. year. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, amazing. Exactly. Every every year, multiple laws: Obamacare, the CARES Act. I mean, just you could go to this started in the nineties. It's 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 ridiculous, guys. It's and, ridiculous. And, and the and, average person, including me, doesn't pay attention to those votes and doesn't even know they no, happen. That's right. amazing. Okay, okay, I don't so want to. I don't want to spend. Gentlemen, I have to work hard. I have to work hard to find this stuff. I mean, so I, I guarantee you, the average person doesn't follow it. Okay, I don't want to spend all our time on that because you have so much good stuff. I mean, for instance, you pointed out uh, that uh, Obamacare now extends to families making as much as half a million dollars a year. Yeah, we talked about that last month when I was on your show. The, one of the changes put forth because of the CARES Act was to say, wait, people are having a hard time. So Obamacare, as originally written, said, look, we're going to give taxpayer dollars to people to buy health care. But once you make like $106,000, $107,000 a year as a family, you don't get taxpayer dollars anymore. Well, the Biden administration and Congress has changed that, and now you can actually make up to half a million dollars a year and still get taxpayer dollars to buy your Obamacare. So we have fun? we have something close to government uh, medical care already, don't we? Oh, oh yeah, it, it's it's uh, again an, another repeat stat for you folks. 70% of blue states, the healthcare provided in 70 in, excuse me, in the blue states, 70% of healthcare is taxpayer funded. Nationally, that number is 66% of healthcare is taxpayer funded. So we're clinging to a third. We're clinging to 30% of, of tax, tax, of non-taxpayer funded healthcare in this country. Well, could you and, make and, the argument and, at this point then, like if you're a high earner, you, you might welcome just universal health care because you're the only people left that are paying out of pocket. I mean, you might as well make it universal just to include, you know, everyone else. Oh, goodness. You, you know, Jack, if if one were to look at this purely cynically and, and entirely based upon self-motive, and if one were, say, over the age of 55 or 60, <laughs> you, you might take that approach. But the reality is we're going to tank our country and we're going to tank our health care system with that move. I'm fired up, guys. It's I see the end in sight, and I don't know what we can do to stop it. But All right, let's uh, tell me this. What is the Medicare Trust Fund and and how's it looking? So the Medicare Trust Fund is what we use to pay for Medicare. It's what we're all supposed to what we, we all, what comes out of our paychecks to pay for Medicare. It is now according to the CBO. This is so this is according to government bean counters, not some spin machine. It will be exhausted by 2024. And this is the closest we've ever come to bankruptcy in Medicare in the 55 year history of Medicare and all the federal government legislators and the administration can talk about is how can we expand Medicare to more people, right? Bernie wants to expand it to everybody. Biden's talking about dropping it down to age 55 or even age 50 so that we can put more people into a system that we cannot pay for now. 
So are we not looking are we not looking at like gigantic tax increases within five years? Well, (laughs) or or just borrowing increases. Yeah. 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 I mean, it'll be a combination of tax increases plus inflation, plus money printing, plus borrowing to the point where we will tank what we've, we've probably already tanked our economy. But I think there's hope that we could limp along. And, and, and make this thing work in the long run. The problem is right now, gentlemen, right now today, the, the people, everybody wants to talk about the fact that we're 28 trillion in debt. And yeah, in hard dollars, that's true. But once you add in the unfunded liabilities, once you say, how much are we really in debt when we have to pay for Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid? That number's 148 trillion, meaning each U.S. citizen owes $444,000 today, today. And we want to expand that debt with Medicare that we already can't pay for three years from today. Not to mention a few trillion dollars worth of other programs that are getting uh, pushed right now. So when you say you feel, you see the end coming and you and you and there's no way we can stop it, what does the end look like? I mean, what what as a as a guy cannibalism? Just, <laughs> what does the end look like to you? Uh, massive economic collapse in the United States, no longer being the world empire. Uh, it, 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 now, maybe maybe we look something like the U.K. or France, where we just take a much smaller role. We don't have growth. Everybody just has one car. Uh, we take a lot of public transportation, but but have very high taxes more like maybe we look more like Rome because no no country has ever done what we've done here. We've never had this level of debt escalating this quickly. And the problem is we are the reserve currency for the world. So when we collapse. The whole global economy is going to go. Now, this is a cheery little segment. How to make that debt bigger. Well, (laughs) guys, guys, you know, the thing that that just made me so sick lately, gentlemen, is you can go onto YouTube and watch the most eloquent defenders of these topics from the 1960s through the 1980s, and that's Ronald Reagan and Milton Friedman. Their speeches on why you don't let your country socialize medicine because it's it's the last straw and then you will become socialized, they were the most... eloquent defenders of, of responsible budgeting and no socialized medicine. And we had them in power in the 70s and 80s, and we're still making this mistake. And that's what that's what really kills me, guys, is I look at this now and I think, who do we have today that can make the arguments that Reagan and Friedman made in the 70s and 80s? Nobody. And well, so we're just doing it. We're just blowing this up. All right. And, you know, it could be if uh, Martian scholars uh, write a, a book on humankind, they will say there is just a natural tendency among that species toward government control and socialism. That's just the way the beast evolves. I don't know. Uh, Craig Gottwals, Craig, the healthcare guru. Uh, what's your website again if people want to uh, get in touch? It's uh, benefit-revolution.com. Okay. Fabulous. Well, uh, it was. Let, let me just. Mr. Franklin, what have you given us? A republic if you can keep it. Yeah. Right. Here, here. Craig, thanks, buddy. You know, we've thanks, been ta- we've been talking to Craig for years, and uh, so far all his predictions have been right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was dead on everything that happened with Oga- uh, Obamacare, for instance. Yeah. They'll never yeah. enforce this. This will slide to a, 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 a different uh, income level. This will slide to a different age group. Here's why it's not one trillion, it's going to be two and a half trillion, and it's always true. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. I went in there to get some blueberries. 
And I seen the guy come in. He was just so shy. He was saying, hey, how much do I owe to pay off my rent? It was just, and I was like, my man, I'm, I'm, how much is the rent? And this is something that I do every day. The other day, me and my mom went furniture shopping, and this lady, uh, she had a autistic daughter. Mm. And, you know, she was also, you know, looking to pay for some furniture. And I just, I just took care of her. So I'm, I'm into, I'm into making people happy. So whenever I leave the house, I just try to do a, a good deed. How much fun would that be? Oh, love and, Shaq. And, and, yeah. And, she, and Shaq really seems like the kind of guy that's doing it for all the right reasons. Um, but I saw the video of him paying off the dude's, uh, engagement ring mm-hmm. at the store. Mm-hmm. That was, that yeah. was really cool. Yeah. That's sweet. What a nice, uh, well, it's it's great, obviously, to be able to do that sort of thing, but Shaq's one of the few who just goes ahead and does it. Yeah. And he would, he, and he would never notice it. He yeah. pays off the engagement ring, what is it going to be? I don't know, five, ten thousand $10,000. Um, he didn't, you know, it's not Please, even a rounding it, error for him. That's his, in his couch cushions. So um, this story is about another family, not my family. It's a family that owns a trampoline. We do not own a trampoline. Mm. Um, Never. Uh, you can't have a trampoline and have homeowner's insurance in the state of California. Um, and uh, this person I know who uh, had a trampoline and was talking to their homeowner's insurance people, when the homeowner's insurance people told them that, this person I know um, said to the insurance people, um, all of my son's friends, they have a son, all of my son's friends have a trampoline. Every huh. sing, I'm thinking about him. Yeah, I can think of six of his friends. Every single one of them has a trampoline. Said your friend. Said my friend. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I said, so do they just pretend they don't or, well, then they can't have homeowners insurance. Hmm, I thought, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> so do you, do you have a list of their names to give us? <laughs> I just, I just found that interesting. So I don't yeah. know what's going on with those people if they're just lying. And then, so the next step of it, is uh, this this family I know um, had to sit their kids down, and he had talked to his wife and everything, and said, "Look, this is what we got to do." If uh, I think his name is Billy, this friend of mine, I don't even know his kids' names, but the son's name is Billy, said to his wife and his kids, "If Billy falls off the trampoline and breaks his arm, and we have to go to the ER, we can't tell them it happened on the trampoline. Let's tell them it fell out of a tree or something like that, there or off you your go. bike." Yes. And uh, and he was somewhat bothered by the fact that he is actually teaching his son to lie. Your friend was. My friend yeah, was yeah, really yeah. worried about this. He's more mm. upstanding than I am. Um, he was worried that he was teaching his kids to lie, but thought that's the only way you can operate in a weird, jacked-up socialist world where everybody's rent-seeking about everything <sighs> to own a trampoline, which everybody has. I mean... I know, I know lots, I don't have one, but I know lots of people that have trampolines, and I don't know what they're doing. We apparently have one in the, uh, the radio ranch. <laughs> so it would seem. Uh, well, well, seriously now, what is next? Bikes? Well, that's, 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 uh, clearly the next step would have to be, it's already happened for horses. I happen to know for that for, for a fact. It's They're very... not allowed to jump on trampolines <laughs> No horses on trampolines. Well, one at a time, but you can't have two I, on a trampoline at I any given time. I thought this was America. No, but it's it's very <laughs> difficult to have homeowner's insurance and a horse at this point in the state of California. I don't know about other states. Wow. Trampolines, I don't know how dirt bikes or ATVs of any kind wouldn't be next. Certainly bikes at some point. Mm-hmm. How about fun? Well, how about, well, there are schools. We've talked about this for years. Schools where the kids are not allowed to run at recess because of either. The grass might be wet. 
veal, caffeine, nobody should ever get hurt any time beliefs or liability concerns. So soon it will be running, followed by walking fast, followed by walking at all. You won't be able to get homeowner's insurance. Do you have fun at your home? Oh, sorry. Oh, there's a surcharge. (sighs) I don't see how you wouldn't uh, get rid of tree houses. Oh, oh, please. No, don't admit to having a tree house. Good Lord. Well, kids climb trees, so you can't have trees, I guess, or at least nope. you can't climb them. Mow them down. Deforest. Uh, this friend of mine with a trampoline, I don't know. They're uh, living a dangerous lifestyle. I feel uh, I feel bad for the conflict that uh, he, Iggy, is feeling. I assume his name is Iggy Irving because he referred to him as I a couple of times. <laughs> he often goes by yeah. his first initial. You know how nicknames go. Sure. Yeah. God, what a terrible thing to have to tell your kids to lie to the ER doctor. I know it. I know it. Eh. Kind of world nobody likes this world. This is what I always say. Nobody right. wants it to be this way, but it is this way, and nobody seems to be working to end it being this way. I find that confusing. Well, and or those of us who would like to end it being this way, we're just up against the tide of attorneys and insurance companies. And you can't vote attorneys out of office. There are too many of them. They they swarm the country like ants. Yeah. And they have a similar effect on American life than ants do at picnics. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. The horrors of white veganism needs to be stopped. We'll have that for you in just a moment. I'm sorry. I'm out of uh, give a crap for any of that stuff. <laughs> Wait till you hear it. A new it. one, hey? Wait till you hear it. Oh, and you know, it kind of fits in with this which I'm about to tell you. This guy, Shadi Hamid, I've probably read some of this his stuff. He's a writer for The Atlantic. And he's a lefty, he writes. He tweeted out, I was thrilled that Biden won. And our country's a lot better than it was. With one exception, I thought that people would chill, woke radicalism would dissipate, and folks would come to their senses. I was wrong. To which James Lindsay, my favorite thinker on everything that is woke, tweeted back, Probably better to figure out as soon as possible that wokeness is a takeover ideology and will only stop if it is stopped, which is true. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and uh, one of the reasons he was for Trump was he thought uh, wokeness will probably kind of be flat if Trump is president, but it will be an accelerator pedal if Biden is president. And we we may be seeing that with the stuff coming into the schools and uh, government facilities and all that sort of stuff but more on woke veganism in a second since we we're talking about joe biden uh dana carvey who used to be on saturday night live years ago i mean his his impersonations were the first george bush and ross perot i mean that's that's 30 years ago wow but uh wow. and this is especially funny since the washington post had a ridiculous article last week with com- with quoting some comedian saying you can't parody joe biden he's just too reasonable and average to make fun of it all. It's one of the most astounding things I've ever read. And idiotic. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. But anyway, here's Dana Carvey with his Joe Biden. I do him at the town hall when he's like the gentle father to the country. And he looks like the alien who came off the spaceship in Close Encounters. Yes. Folks, come on, folks. Let's get real. I'm not kidding around here. You know, you know, we got to do the thing. We did Barack. We did the deal, you know. And, uh... You know, my dad, my dad, you know, lost his job in Scranton. No joke. 
no, Joe, I'm not being a wise guy here. I said, Pops, why'd you lose? He said, Joe, I did. My mom said, that's the cookie. But she, the crumble, she just went through it. You know, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Number one, the thing that they said, come on. Number two, the two part. <laughs> Folks, three, you know, come on, I'm not kidding around. No rocket science. There's, here's the deal. Come on now. Now that he told, he knew, he knew it floated. He told Bob Woodward, it's jo jo Joanne Woodward. He told, he told Bob Redford, excuse me, I think I, you know. But folks, I care. I care a lot. People are suffering, and I do. And my mother said, you know, that's the way the cookie is. And it goes, those places. And, you know, we can do this, shots. We can, in fact, in, better. We did before, so I do the sincere oh, guy. I love the sincere, it. sweet. That's so beautiful. But there's a lot there if you, you know, if you just don't worry about the fact that he's 78. He gets a little confused sometimes. It doesn't mean you're attacking him personally, or you know. But you have to acknowledge that you know he's just he's just he's just a little, we're gonna try. We're doing things, you know. And then you know, and come on, here's the deal. Let me let me just. I'm not kidding around. No joke, folks. You know, my dad lost his job in Scranton. I lost my dog. I'm no, I'm not kidding. I'm not being a wise guy. You know, don't, don't. And, and he always does the list. Number one, the one part. Number two, what they said. Number three, you get the drill. Come on. Your dog pay, pays pony soldier. You know, it's just a right. That's a good. Come on. That's what people said. So that's what I'm gathering from it visually. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a character now. That's funny. He's going to end up with a chain wrapped around his head. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that he'd throw in the little, you know, he, he he wanted to make sure he didn't sound too mean and everything like that, because that's the way Saturday Night Live used to be. They'd parody something, but it wasn't a, you're an evil person set out to ruin America. It was just, they would pick up on quirks. Yeah, it's a caricature. Yeah. You draw certain features a little bigger and have fun with them. <laughs> sure. It makes a difference. <laughs> That's really good, though. Uh, hilarious. Okay. I so, have hairy legs. <laughs> you should have thrown that in. <laughs> I got hairy legs. Oh, look. Come on. Number two, the two thing. Um, Number three, you know the trick. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you know the thing. It's like my mom said. Come on. <laughs> Not being a wise guy here. Um, woke uh, veganism. White veganism. Is this white a problem? Veganism. So here's a, a like PSA sort of thing that I came across. Fail to account for white supremacy and veganism, you get white veganism. We must address the role of white supremacy and the oppression it creates no matter if we are vegan or not. White veganism focuses solely on animal liberation while ignoring the context of colonization and imperialism and how all of this impacts all living beings and the planet. Not all white people vegans are white vegans. Our veganism must be intersectional, accessible, anti-racist, anti-imperialist, and decolonized. Okay. You, you explain to me what to the do. hell that means. <laughs> I'm going to pick you up and throw you. All right? <laughs> I'm going to hurl you further away from me as you weigh 80 pounds and are so utterly clueless you won't know what's happening. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick you up and throw you. <laughs> Away from me, further from me, where it'll be harder for me to hear you talk. Those people, what what color is the sky in their world? In their unicorn-filled dream world, the sky is always covered with rainbows and pink clouds of cotton candy notions of perfection. It's mostly funny, except for, man, I saw another example of some of the stuff yesterday. This, like, how comfortable 
so many people are with just this, you know, we all agree white people are evil. And, man, everything would be better if it weren't for white people. What does that turn into? I'll tell you what it turns into. It turns into violence. It turns into civil wars. It turns into awful things. Sure, race, hatred, and violence. Oh, my God. How, how did we get so far so fast into the... Well, of course, we all agree white people are terrible human beings just sure. because of the color of their skin. Some of those people were white saying that, which is also... I don't even get what that is, but... Yeah, that's a, a pathetic bit of wanting desperately to fit in and getting the approval of your peers. It's really... It's it's pathetic. We didn't spend a lot of time on the Maisie Hirono, Tammy Duckworth thing. Right. Um, it, where, it, came, it came and went fast. It, it did, I think, because, well, let's go ahead. Let's, let's play clip number 40. Tammy's position um, is that until she gets a commitment from the White House that there will be more diversity representation in the cabinet and senior White House advisory positions, she will not vote to confirm anyone who does not represent diversity. So this is not about pitting one diversity group against another. I think this is a a well-articulated, focused position, and I am prepared to join her in that. Do you think the Biden administration has been adequately receptive to your entreaties for more diversity? Obviously not. Otherwise, uh, Tammy and I wouldn't be taking our position. But we would like to encourage them to do better. That was a dumb question. That follow-up question on several levels. That was Senator Maisie Hirono of Hirono of uh, Hawaii of Hawaii explaining Tammy Duckworth of Illinois' position that if Biden doesn't hire some Asian slash Pacific Islanders, they won't vote for any white people. That's what they mean by we won't vote for anyone who doesn't represent diversity, meaning you will deny a federal job to someone on the basis of their race. The realize the reason rather it came and went so quickly is uh, virtually everybody from Joe Biden down to the local postman called him and said, you're violating federal law. That's naked racism. You can't do that. So they retracted it. But it didn't get a lot of attention. I mean, it did on Fox, but it didn't get much attention anywhere else. And these aren't, you know, dime a dozen whack job House members, of which there are many. Two freaking U.S. senators. Two U.S. senators who said we're not going to vote for any white people to get their jobs. And how about that follow-up question? Do you think the Biden administration has adequately addressed your concerns? How about, did you just say you won't vote for any white people for federal jobs? Are you insane? And to what I was just talking about, how comfortable... So many people are with racism now. I used to kind of struggle to understand how people used to feel back in the days where racism was so openly okay. Um, I mean, when I was a little kid, my parents explained to me, no, some people have different colored skin, but other than that, they're exactly the same. And I thought, oh, that was pretty much the end of it. Never really thought about it again. Um, and, but, but you know, when I'd read about, you know, you'd see, you'd see clips of interviews, whatever, old Southerners, white guys, stuff like that were so openly racist and everything like that. I would think, how do you come to that conclusion? I mean, how can you, how can you possibly think that people just because their skin is a different color that they're actually different human beings? Now I'm seeing it around me all the time about white people. Mm-hmm. That person is white, so they are by definition racist and part of a system to try to keep the rest of us down. That's what they do every single day. It's just insane. And there are more parallels, too, because if a white person doesn't put on the white guy minstrel show 
which is uh, self-flagellation and admitting the sins of your people and and uh, you know the sins of your forefathers and begging forgiveness and submitting to the training and the rest of it. If you don't do that, you're in danger. Generally, not physically, but professionally, absolutely. Socially, absolutely. Not physically yet. That's common. Right. I guarantee you, you can't have racism be this comfortable and not have it lead to violence at some point. You got you got young people that are growing up being taught in school and by their parents and by their politicians that white people are evil be, by definition of their skin color. Right. The whole white devil thing oh God, is now back in circulation. People horrific. are using that term openly. It's horrific. White demons. In fact, one of the people behind the uh, utterly wretch-worthy uh, California ethnic studies curriculum that just got adopted, some of those people regularly use the term white demons to describe white Americans. They're Marxists. Openly Marxists. It's scary. Yeah, it is. They just, they realized, you know, and I could bore you to death with this stuff, they realized that the whole uh, war of the classes and the proletariat and the bourgeoisie and the uh, the capitalist, n- nobody was going for that because too many people see too much upward mobility because it's, you know, possible to get ahead. Um, so they decided, the Marxists, that, okay, we got to stop talking about class, we got to start talking about race because no matter how successful you are or, or whatever, you're a uh, Hispanic person, you're a black person, you're a white person, you know what your race is. That's not going to change. So that's the way to divide people and tear down uh, the free market. That's what they're doing. That's precisely what they're doing. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, so the AFT union, it's the second biggest teachers union in America told the Biden administration yesterday they're not convinced it's safe to cut school social distancing to three feet. So there's, they, they don't recommend schools open, especially in schools, uh, blah, 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 in these areas, la, 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 la. So we now have gone from we're going to follow the science to we're ignoring the science to we're acknowledging the science but telling them they're wrong because I'm in a teacher's union. That's my credibility on this. Wow. That is just wow. freaking amazing. And getting away with it, by the way, getting away with it, getting rewarded for it by getting much more money. That reminds me, and I don't know when we can squeeze this in. We'll talk about it during the break, maybe. But we received an email from a high school teacher about what it's been like to have the kids come back and uh, his or her experience. It's it's crazy. Uh, It's scary, uh, wrote this teacher. Stranger than you can even imagine. I can't wait to hear that. So here are some stats. What are we doing to the children? What are those teachers' unions doing to the children? 97% of all COVID deaths are over the age of 45. Amazed I hadn't heard this stat yet. 97% of the deaths are over 45. So practically all of them. If you're under 45, you have a better one-year odd of dying from a motorcycle crash, falling off a ladder, drowning, a car crash, a firearm death, poisoning, or all kinds of other things hmm. um, than you are of dying of COVID. I need to cancel my drive my motorcycle on a ladder over a pool plans this weekend. <laughs> exactly. While holding a gun to my head and drinking bleach. Something that's either whiskey or formaldehyde, and I can't remember which. Right. But uh, And in 45, you know, is a long way from school age, and it's still um, 97%. And what was what was the stat we had last week about um, for for whatever reason people that tend to be the left politically 
think it's 80 times more deadly for young people than it is. Correct. 80 times. No wonder our policies are so twisted. We're just a poorly informed nation. Or no wonder you grab your kids and leave the park when I show up without a mask on. If you think it's 80 times more deadly than it actually is. You could have practically outfitted kids in nurse garb and had them minister to patients in COVID wards. They're the practically impervious to the thing. It's nearly miraculous. You like there's and, labor laws that are against that. <laughs> well, Chief John, I said you almost could, John. Um, it just, but, and so the teacher, God, I just, they're so unspeakably evil. I, I, you know, I am a peaceful man and I urge you to be peaceful too, my friends. But when you think about the gravity of the damage done to innocent little children by the greed and selfishness of a lot of the teachers' unions, it it stirs you up to want to do something. Yeah, it does. Legislative, administrative, get your kids the hell out of public schools, Uh Uh-oh, we definitely need transition music for this. The Supreme Court, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I spent a little time looking into uh, the history of the Supreme Court and guns. There have been very few rulings by the Supreme Court on the issue of the Second Amendment. Oh, I remember why. So after that horrifying shooting, one of them, I thought, well, here we go. We're going to talk about the Second Amendment now for the next several days, so I better, you know, get studied up on it. So I spent a couple hours reading cases and history and all this sort of stuff, and then it ended up we didn't. We uh, we're 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 all so far down the road of we know how this conversation goes that we didn't even bother to engage in it again this time around for better or worse. Right. But there have been very few rulings by the Supreme Court. They've taken up very few cases. There was the Heller case in two thousand eight, which was about whether or not you can have a gun, personally own a gun, and have it in your home. And the Supreme Court ruled yes, you can. But Other than that, there's almost nothing. Well, today the Supreme Court announced they are going to take up another case around the Second Amendment, and uh, this could be a big one, and I have a feeling they'll touch on all kinds of stuff. The precise question the Supreme Court agreed to answer is this. Whether, so let me set it up quickly. The state I live in, California, and a whole bunch of states around the country, they will not let you have a concealed carry license for the most part. They claim they will. But if you apply, you get denied. Mm -hmm. And the various sheriffs will claim, no, they're not uh, denying it. But they are, and they have been, for years. Um, And uh, the precise question the Supreme Court agreed to answer was whether these states' denial of petitioners' applications for concealed carry licenses for self-defense violated the Second Amendment. Wow. That's a big one. All these states, like California, claim, well, if you've got really good reason for it, you can. Well, they, they always claim your reasons aren't good enough. Um, from what I understand, their buddies and politicians in their group end up getting guns, but, uh, sure. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Regular citizens like myself can't. And the Supreme Court's going to take this up. And I have a feeling they'll end up on touching on all this stuff that we've been wondering about for years. What the hell did this, what did the founding fathers mean by, you know, a militia or right to bear arms or where the comma is or all that different stuff? We might get into all that stuff with this one. Wow. Wow. And it could just be two tiny little words that get changed. Uh, blah, 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 may issue such a permit or blah, 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 shall issue such a permit. And, uh, shall and may is a big deal. Shall and may is a big deal because right now it's may and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. I have a pretty strong feeling. I know which one, uh, which way this is going, but, uh, you know, I've been wrong before. You do. Oh, yeah. I uh, You cannot, 
a uh, May issue law is incompatible with the Second Amendment, the way the Supreme Court has interpreted it up till now. Boy, if you're right, and I hope you are, how amazing is it that it has lasted as long as it has? Yeah, I think, and you've done more reading more recently than I have on this topic, but I think one of the reasons the Supreme Court has stayed away from it is it's hard. Nobody's really sure. Right, right. Yeah, that, that, you know, we read this a couple of weeks ago. You read the Second Amendment, it's, it's kind of weird the way they wrote it. Yeah, yeah. And the Supreme Court doesn't want to be in a situation where they come for the vote and they've got like two yeses and seven, I don't know. The Supreme Court ruled with a 72 majority. They just don't know. But the ruling on, you know, well-regulated militia, does that mean I get to have a gun or not? That conversation might actually happen with the soups finally. Yeah, yeah. Good, let's get it on. What about a poorly regulated militia? One guy's wearing black trousers, the other guy's wearing blue jeans. What is this? This militia sucks. You don't even have shoes on. How are we going to... My feet sweat a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's a poorly regulated militia. Exactly. Armstrong and Getty.